Hello and welcome to episode 19 of For Christ's Sake Anakin. Anakin, I am your host, Matthew Neugebauer. It is January 1st, 2018, coming to you live to air. Uh, it's night now, but the day here was sunny. It's cold, kind of snow on the ground, but pretty clear, cold, snowy, sunny, suburban Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, today we are talking about The Last Jedi and the prequel trilogy. Um, this is a prequelist podcast, and you know there are definitely, definitely lots of references and, and things that The Last Jedi holds in common to the original trilogy, um, but I think just below the surface, we have lots more uh, about the prequels than I was than I was expecting. Um, heard think about JJ's whole line that you know this will begin to make things right, and, and I don't think that's actually what. J.J. Abrams actually meant by, he didn't, I don't think he actually meant, this will begin to make the kerfuffle of the prequels in the Star Wars saga right. I don't think that was an anti-prequelist sentiment. But a lot of people took it that way. Oh no, what's the direction? Are they moving away from what happened? And when <laughs> when I, I saw this film, it was, nope. The, the events, especially of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, uh, still making their mark and, and I'm going to go into those uh you know tonight um the, the my thoughts are going to come into two categories here uh first of all there are so there are two there are two ways in which uh you know the last jedi in, engages the prequel trilogy um they there are things that are references things that kind of have in common the way in which the Star Wars, these saga films carry on uh, patterns in common. Things that are, are, are in common with, with the original trilogy as well, but I think more direct resonance to the prequels. Um, the, the biggest thing that I'll go into first category is the way the events of this film are in re- reaction to, in reference to the prequels showing that the 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 events especially again of revenge of the sith are deeply important and more important frankly i'd say they're more important frankly at least to this film than the events of the empire strikes back and return of the jedi i know it's a bold claim this is a bold film um thankfully i, I think as a prequelist as someone who had a way of thinking about the saga made it easier for me to go into uh, this film. And, and yeah, it, again, it continues to divide. Um, I continue to, I've seen it four times now, I continue to love every single viewing, um, even the way editing and pacing doesn't care about what fans want to sit with and linger with. Uh, the plot requires it to go forward, and and I love that. Um, some of these things I I've touched on I touched on in my theological resonances, scriptural resonances with uh, the Last Jedi that I recorded a, a week or so ago. Please do go back and uh, listen to that if you if you're so inclined. Uh, and finally, <laughs> this maybe goes without saying. This is going to be spoiler heavy. If you have not seen The Last Jedi, welcome to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> please 
turn off your computer, go, I don't care when you're listening to this, go find the closest movie theater. It is going to be showing this film. Please buy some popcorn or whatever, maybe not too noisy popcorn, but uh, buy your ticket, take a seat, sit down for two and a half hours and enjoy this wild ride that explores the depths of what George Lucas's original vision actually is, I, I would say. Um, that goes into the overall arc of the saga in a way that completely satisfied me. Um, that I get that doesn't satisfy a whole bunch of people, be it on the right or the left, and I'm more sympathetic to the people who um, are more concerned about are concerned about how it tried to represent minorities and, and women, and, and uh, maybe didn't succeed fully. I get that. Um, anyway, that's but. I, I I also think it did uh, a fairly huh, I, I don't want to be into hot water here but it's better than what we've gone before it can still get better there anyway that's uh, <laughs> that's a whole other debate which which I, I would like to have on this show in, in some shape and form um, but the matter at hand how is this film in a direct response to the prequels, and I will start with probably the most obvious. Luke himself comes out and says it, word for word, at the height of their powers. I mean, this episode, at the height of their powers. At the height of their powers, the Jedi let Darth Sidious rise, form the Empire, and wipe them out. Um, that is uh, the heart of what what Luke is is nagging Luke on. Octo, um, when he reads the, the true story of what happened, the way the Jedi were so entrenched in uh, the the affairs of the Republic, the way the Jedi, at the height of their powers. Now, what does what kind of power? Um, I was talking to this with with my brother and with with, it, with his wonderful fiance or fiance, they're married <laughs> with his wife, uh, my sister in law. Um, and, and she said, I said, and I said, at the height of their powers, and, I, and she said, what, what power? I said, well, their political power. Uh, that's that's not really power. Um, and and the point being, uh, the delusion of the, the Jedi had that they were safe and they were secure. Um, that 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 is what Luke is really lingering on. Um, and. You know when she when he takes Ray up to that, that and then that beautiful scene um, that I, I talked about last week about just telling us what balance is and says uh, it's the height of arrogance claim that doesn't belong to the Jedi light side doesn't belong to the Jedi and you have the Council literally this ivory tower overlooking Coruscant and say we control the light we control. Uh, balance. We control. We can control the Republic. We can even con- contemplate a coup. Uh, you know, says to a dark thought. This line of, or to a dark place. This line of thought takes us. But the line of thought is there. Um, that 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 conflation of of uh, uh, of spiritual power and political power, which of course uh, I've talked about in terms of. of relationships between church and state and all that 
So Luke is very clearly running headlong away from that. Thinks the Jedi has to end. Thinks that balance means that the Jedi have to end. Um, and then that scene with Yoda when he shows up. Um, right. I mean, it, it's it's dripping again, just under the surface. It the the interaction is of course uh, meant to be a quotation of their first encounter, first real lesson. Uh, Luke, and, Luke and Yoda's first real lesson in, in Empire Strikes Back. Of course it is. It very much is. But uh, the main lesson Yoda has from now is pass on what you have learned, including failure. Failure, the greatest lesson is. What failure is Yoda speaking of? Right? What does he know about failure? <laughs> I mean, of course, you know, 900 years, he's going to fail a few times, but Again, the biggest blunder, the biggest failure of his entire 900-year life is not being able to see uh, that right under their nose, a Dark Lord of the Sith. And they call him, Luke calls him Darth Sidious. He doesn't call him Palpatine. Right? He doesn't say the Emperor. He says Darth Sidious. He's the Sith mastermind that we see. And my point here of all this, and, and this is, Fairly apparent, but I want to tease it out. The point being that this is the story we're given in the prequel trilogy. That it isn't simply about, uh, it can't be reduced to bad acting and bad chemistry, even though maybe there's a little bit in there. Um, The, the, I mean, and this may be part of the the reason why, I don't know, I mean, the reason why... uh, People, one of the, I, I, I continue to wonder what drives the, drove the negative reaction to the prequels. Part of it is, it is this overarching mythic, cosmic, galactic story that has this personal dimension to it. Um, you know, with Anakin and Padme and Obi Wan. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that's the story we see, and so. We see Luke, he's gone, again, so far away from this, he's on this island, um, Ray <laughs> sitting down, I feel like Ray is basically this prequelist, in the sense, also a Jedi apologist. She wants, I and mean, she wants to find her place in all this, she sees that, uh, you know, she wants to, to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi, like Luke, like... <laughs> the legend that Luke has become. Um, but, <coughs> sorry. You know, the, 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 the funny thing is, uh, Luke isn't actually fully accurately right. Um, when he does debate that personal dimension, the, you know, the training of Darth Vader, you know, a Jedi Master is responsible for that. Obi-Wan, he sees that personal dimension, that personal failure. Ray, of course, refer- references how another Jedi, Luke, saves Anakin, brings him back. Um, again, even that is still a prequel thing because it points out that it's Anakin who who overthrows the Emperor um, and and uh, lets Luke go. Right as I look at 
my wonderful black series force ghost they're not force ghost um kind of what's it called darth vader uh emperor's wrath darth vader really anakin skywalker the return of the jedi um and we see of course in in the i would say the official author authorized version of <laughs> return of the jedi hating christians and the force ghost coming back um so Luke is is meditating on this. Yoda, of course, failure. Uh, you know, the is you know, the the greatest teacher. Um, but the lesson that Yoda has learned is different than the lesson that Luke has learned. And I got at this a little bit when I talked about the, the theology of resonance. The theological resonance is in in that Yoda doesn't actually say it's time for the Jedi to end. What we see in the prequel trilogy is not purely the Jedi failing. What we see is this mixed picture that um, I'm getting into a bit of theology here. You know, Augustine talks about <coughs> the 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 mixed body. Um, we where in this life we're all Christians are wheat and tear. We're all well. I don't think. Christian theology, you know, once justified in sinner. Um, we see in the prequels, we see, yeah, Obi-Wan training Anakin, loving him as a brother, um, giving him that, imparting that wisdom, doing the best of an impossible, of a situation that had become impossible by that point. Um, and so I think that's partly what's behind Ray's response to Luke, is that. Yeah, the seeds of of light still remained in him, in Anakin or, or in Vader. That light remained, just like, of course, Ray believes light will remain in Kylo Ren. That remains to be seen. <laughs> but, um, what's again, what's fascinating is, I got I got so excited. I get so excited by this. The Ray kept the books, um, books that have the Jedi seal on it. Um, you know, the Jedi logo that we, we only see in Clone Wars. We see it on Obi-Wan's shoulder. In the Clone Wars animated series, it's the first time we see it on a big screen. It's canon in the Clone Wars, but we see it on the big screen in, the, in that book um, that Luke touches that we see in the trailer. Um, you know, she kept the books. She's going to continue the Jedi Order. And, you know, the way in which Qui-Gon and as best they could Yoda and Plo Koon and Obi-Wan and uh, maybe in his own weird way Mace Windu although Mace Windu is more an example of a failure they they did their best to maintain peace and justice in the galaxy to have a leadership role in the galaxy um, and so I mean, I could keep. I could probably go on about the Luke Ray storyline as having everything to do with the prequel trilogy, right? Um, <laughs> you know, the whole again because it, it's a debate over in light of what happened uh, in the prequel trilogy. What is the mission of the Jedi now? What do we do now? Uh, that perennial question of and it's a different question from from when the empire empire was around. That was a different. I mean, that still pressed you know, during the dark times. Do they 
fight? Do they assimilate? Do they, I don't know, all the, those wonderful things. And my, my Jedi in Exile episode, I go into that. Now that it's really the First Order has taken over, um, it, what what's the next step? And what we see at the very end, spoiler alert, I'm not the. I will not be the last Jedi. We see Rey taking up, well, taking Anakin's lightsaber, the Skywalker lightsaber, and, and taking a leadership role. I think. I mean, we don't. We only see it implicitly in the way she, kind of symbolically in the way she moves the rocks and whatnot. But uh, there isn't the sense of. Jedi are traitors, traitors or failures. <laughs> you know, um, they're, nor is there a sense that they're legends. Right? Ray isn't a legend. Luke is gone. Ray is not a legend. She's a flesh and blood. Whatever. I don't know if they're gonna bother with the ranking of Padawan and Knight, but someone who is seeks to faithfully receive what has been passed on. And then hopefully pass it on herself. Um, and so that question is beginning to be answered. The question again of balance to the force. Now, again, I mentioned this before, but uh, briefly, um, there was an article going around that said that the that whole <coughs> sorry the whole thing of life, death, new life. Um, it's correcting what midi chlorines were. That kind of uh, what's the word where you, you uh, go back and uh, I'm blanking on the word, but retconning. It's, it's retconning midi chlorines out of it. I don't see that at all. Again, midi chlorines and not not midi chlorines themselves. The idea of it itself. The this and this is this is Brian Young's spiel here and credit to him well and Pablo Hidalgo did a long twitter uh, rant about not rant, thread about this really really great midichlorians themselves were are, are there um, the issue was the way that the Jedi used midichlorian count and reduced um, I've said this multiple times I'm going to say it again the way that the Jedi reduced aptitude with the Force, the potential to be a good, wise, can, fruit, helpful, <laughs> caring Jedi to the number of these cells in your bloodstream. That in itself was evidence and, and part of the failure. Right? This again, this matter of institutional control over something that requires much deeper wisdom. The respect for life, the balance, the tension, all that stuff. The way in which the Force is the source of life and connects life together is through midichlorians. <laughs> I see nothing... I see, frankly... Actually, I'm not, I don't just see nothing in that. Uh, the the, uh, the the Ray's vision there uh, and and what she sees as denying midichlorians at all. I see I see it as confirming it, but saying, okay, it's there. I'm sure in, 
there's some bit of that in the the, the not so page turner texts <laughs> that she reads about, and it's helpful for a Jedi to know, right? Just like, for example, you know, it it's helpful for uh, counselors and psychologists to know. You know well, it, it's pretty darn required that they they know cerebral biology, they know brain patterns and, and the science behind that, all that and chemicals and whatnot. But it's not the only thing. There, there needs to be training, wisdom, and socialization and all that stuff. Um, it's very helpful for and required for those of us training for ministry in, in Christian ministry and you know biblical studies and theology to know you know what's going on with some not so page turning passages in the Bible genealogies restrictions on why you know why was shellfish <laughs> not considered kosher right um, you know that's helpful and required for us to know uh, what are the rules and the canons of the church those things that we don't necessarily need to talk about all the time unless that's particularly your job but helpful for us to know I think midi-chlorines are going to be something that's helpful for me to know I doubt they're going to say they're going to explain kind of the connection in that maybe they will in some book that'll be wonderful but uh, I think they're there um, and, and at this point I'm kind of transitioning into well no I guess this is still a reaction this is kind of in both both a reaction and a resonance here um Canto Bite is is beautiful. It, it's glorious. It uh, I've, I've read. You know, it, it is basically Coruscant <laughs> uh, transplanted onto a desert planet. So Canto Bite is supposed to be. It is Cantonica is a desert planet, um, but people with enough money, selling weapons, enough clout, basically build this artificial lake not basically they build this artificial lake and they build this beautiful town that uh, enslaves fathers and and, and stable boys <laughs> and stable girls um, that's the republic <laughs> that's the, and I think and this comes from uh, a Facebook group I'm on so many spoilers and uh, talking about just one of the one of the many discussion groups uh, someone commented Cantobite is Coruscant. It is this opulent, wealthy, wonderful place that prides itself, that that is run on corruption and slavery. Um, And it's precisely, I mean, the work of the prequel trilogy. Uh, People kind of accuse it of having a sheen, um, being these nice offices. You know, I've I, I've I've worked in offices in Ottawa for a little bit, you know. There are nice places, even for more progressive politicians. Um, I don't think that's a hypocr- hypocrisy, but for a lot of the Coruscant elite, Canto Bight is clearly meant to be this hypocritical moment. And when we see DJ uh, saying, good guys, bad guys, you know, yeah, the original trilogy was clear, but the fact that the same guys who 
sold Imperial TIE Fighters, sold uh, Rebel X-Wings. Um, not the same companies, com- same companies didn't make them, but still, they're, they're profiting off of a war, profiting off of both sides. And the result is this wonderfully opulent place that <laughs> um, that Finn is, is so enamored with and Rose can't stand. Uh, and so part of the work of the prequel trilogy was to show just how quickly and easily that can get corrupted, right? We have that, you know, the fight between Yoda and Darth Sidious in the Senate chamber <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, Sidious symbolically uh, throwing the pods around to try and kill Yoda. The what, what Rose does is kind of the opposite of that, right? Where uh, you know, she ca- she takes the fathers and rams through the town, um, kind of seeing showing how corruption always ends up fi- fighting, or, or or well, first of the downtrodden will always try to fight back. Um, the thin veneer of security and safety, just like with the Jedi, the thin veneer of security and safety can come so easily undone with just a push of a button. Um, what and, and the question of what are the people doing? What are the Jedi doing to uh, to stop it, or not? What are the Jedi doing to prevent it by seeking peace and justice, by being open to critiques? What are the elites of the galaxy doing to be more sensitive to the not-so-elites of the galaxy? Um, in the prequels, they were doing nada. <laughs> well, that's not true. Uh, Padme, Bale, they, they were elites who were clearly trying to take action and, and actually um, do their best in, again, an impossible situation. Right? We have that moment in Rogue One, saying, "I'll go. <laughs> have to go back to Alderaan again." Bale, you know, we see in the the Leia, Claudia Gray's Leia, Princess of Alderaan novel. Bale saying, "Bale being the one who doesn't want war," and even with and with the Death Star, I have to say, oh, "There's not going to be peace." I'll have to go back to Alderaan and say. I'm wrong. <laughs> I wish I wasn't. You all wish. You all wish I were right too. That we could have a peaceful solution here. Um, we can't. At the end of Empire Strikes Back, and so this is the clearest kind of resonance for me. I'll, I'll have a bit of confession. At the end of Empire Strikes Back, uh, I never feel the sense of direness uh, yeah the Empire struck back by taking by moving them in a pot maybe maybe I'm wrong in this but at the end of the film it, uh, it it's you know the fleet's there it's this confident sort of okay we're regrouping we're coming back but the fleet's fairly sizable um, I never felt the same sense of maybe because I know how it ends I don't know of, oh no, <laughs> what do we do now? Um, I think it's there, I do I do see it's there, especially they're on the run again, um, and they're on the run for the whole film. But at the end of The Last Jedi, 
the first order. I mean, really, at the end of the Force Awakens, but you know, with the destruction of the, of the New Republic. But at the end of the Last Jedi, there, there really are situation is the most dire. Um, <laughs> you have what begins in at the in Revenge of the Sith with the Sith with the coalition of the willing, or the, the petition of the thousand, or whatever. The Rebel Alliance, the Republic, the resistance that is being supported by the Alliance. Um, the, at the end of this film, there's only such a small handful. And yeah, there are allies throughout the Edoran, but like, they can all fit on the Falcon comfortably. That's dire. The First Order, the Ethiopian Crawl, the First Order reigns supreme. And we know... And, and it, um, there was another canon source, I believe, that showed that the First Order has these capabilities. I believe, oh yeah, it's the the Battlefront um, campaign that came out on December, the, the third chapter of the Battlefront campaign that came out on December 13th. It shows that, actually, yeah, the First Order does rank. They do have their ships across the galaxy. Um, white-clad stormtroopers are marching. White-clad troopers are marching, basically unopposed, um, and through throughout and, and landing on planets, subjugating them, as they have been doing for quite some time now. But they really have taken over, um, and that's a running theme, running in the back of your head. It's got to be niggling in the back of your head throughout this film. And very much at the end, when they're taking off, is it's this small little band against all that. That's dire. <laughs> Tell you what else is dire. The then I mentioned the Empire Strikes Back because the second chapter in the trilogy at the end of Attack of the Clones, and, and this is going to be the this is the cover the the uh, the art for the artwork for this episode. Um. At the height of their powers, at the height of the political power, the Jedi are commanding these white-clad troopers and sending them off in their ships across the galaxy. And they're not—they're not unopposed. We know separatists are out there, but we see these mass clone troopers in the galaxy. The galactic government has been militarized again. Uh, Yoda saying no victory uh, the shroud of the dark side has fallen begun the clone war has these white clad troopers are marching across the galaxy that is dire <laughs> more so the Jedi are not just not they're not opposing them they're commanding them that's dire they sense a dark plot brewing they can't tell uh, where it's coming from and what it is and what it consists of it's right in front of their face that's dire um, that's the feeling I get at the end of The Last Jedi uh, certainly well we get this this thrill of the rush of hope that is similar to Empire Strikes Back at the end of that <laughs> sorry um, but we also get 
this feeling of that's the only people opposing. I mean, at the end of Attack of the Clones, there isn't anyone in the any of our protagonists are opposing them. You watch the Clone Wars show, and they do a good job of this, of first humanizing the clones and personalizing them. You're cheering for the clones. If you think about it, just stop and think about that. You're cheering for white-clad troopers who are marching across the galaxy. So I'm going to like, dire. <laughs> and so that's why I see the, the spiritual resonance, if you will, uh, between where The Last Jedi leaves us and where Attack of the Clones leads us. Um, <laughs> how are they going to get out of this one? Where is this going? What is the soul of the Jedi? What is the, Where is the hope of the galaxy? There are hints of answers in both. right? And these tiny flickering flames. Uh, sparks that, as Poe says, will bring... Well, well, Holdo says something different. She says, spark of hope. Poe says the spark that will bring the First Order down. Uh, are they one and the same? I don't know. Uh, certainly don't think the First Order needs to stick around, but uh, there's an important difference there. Uh, so that you know, that's where those films lead us. But again, there's hope. Uh, the final kind of spiritual resonance I see here, by that I mean between the films, between the, the Last Jedi and the prequel trilogy, is there are leaders. There are adults <laughs> leading this thing. Um, now part of the excitement of, of the Rebel Alliance is that there were a lot of young people around, and it was fresh and exciting. And, and there are a lot of young people in, 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 uh, in The Last Jedi, and they're doing things kind of foolishly uh, in some ways, but uh, you know, still, in the end, learning the valuable lessons. Um, Padme, Mon Mothma, Bail Organa, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Statesman, <laughs> um, uh, 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 arguing restraint, saying not to run foolhardy against Count Dooku, not to run foolhardy against the Separatists, conserve, preserve what you love, Leia, Holdo, in the end, Luke, um, Rose gets this lesson, but uh, yeah, I think especially Leia and Holdo, who are now you know, aged, wizened people, leaders, arguing restraint and arguing for deeper wisdom. Uh, even Yoda has even learned some lessons, right? Um, and so... Uh, again, similar to what I was saying before about Ray is going to uh, pass on what she's learned and is going to, well, receive what has been passed down to her, even if Luke isn't the one to do it. Uh, maybe he still is. You never know. Um, there is, that's where I think some of the hope comes from. It isn't, yeah, some of the hope comes from the fact that, um, the the institution of the Jedi has been swept away as we know it 
even the Republic as we know it with the glitz that's like Canto Bike has been swept away. The Sith, the main, the Darth main, main plan. Um, you know, there's certainly, you know, uh, Kylo Ren is certainly inspired by them, but maybe not beholden to them. Yeah, there is, you know, the the past has been killed, but also what is worth loving and caring for, nurturing, will continue, and so. Uh, just like the seeds were planted uh, in the prequel trilogy the seeds of rebirth especially at the end of Revenge of the Sith where Luke gets remember in the f- early in the first you know, chronology in his life gets his twin son's moment with Beru holding him <laughs> um, the seeds of hope with Rey and, and Poe who actually knows how to lead now <laughs> and and Rose and hopefully Finn. Um, that's where this film, and of course, uh, Broomstick Kid and and all those kids, um, inspired to. Uh, uh, we don't know what they're going to do, but inspired to. To to seek good in life, even in the midst of impossible situations. Um. So that's where The Last Jedi leaves us. That's where I will leave you. <laughs> um, I, again, having, I think, I do think having thought about the prequels in this way uh, helps make viewing The Last Jedi a lot smoother, kind of accepting uh, that Luke could be a failure, just like the Jedi were a failure, and how, uh, you know, uh, the need to include more diversity and uh, all these things, uh, uh, just things that are making this film divisive. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're in the, the original trilogy too, to some degree, but um, I, 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 again, I've seen this four, film four times. Uh, I've loved every minute of it. I think I, I kind of get the criticisms, but uh, for me, it's, a masterpiece. Hopefully it holds up. I kind of joke my viewing order uh, or my, my ranking now. I, it's way too soon to rank this film, actually. <laughs> it's way too soon to rank Force Awakens and Rogue One, frankly, but I joke it's now it's 8888888883. Because, and I just wonder is this going to be the most important film of the saga? Is episode three still going to be the most important film of the saga? We don't know. Um, uh, is episode six? What do you think? Let me know what you think of this episode. Uh, send me a line. Give me a follow at neug four eighty five on Twitter, Instagram mneug eleven thirty eight. As always, thanks for listening. May the force be with you.